Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hi there, listeners. It's Neil here, and today we have a special episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, watchers and listeners. Welcome to a special episode and chapter of the SDR Disco Call Show. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and today I've got three, yes, three guests on today's show from the same company. Uh, And I'm really excited to bring them to you today. If you're listening and watching Pleasures, just a gentle reminder, if you're listening to this on your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a like and a rating. And equally, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, make sure you comment, like, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions for the guests and you're listening to this on your podcast platform, you can actually send us a voice note by visiting the show notes at the bottom of the podcast episode. But without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Elrique, Matt, and Alistair. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Very well. Doing fine. Doing good, doing good. Thank you so much for joining. So we've got you guys on board. We had a chat a few weeks ago, and I need to give a shout out to Carl, the partnerships manager at Chili Piper, who made the introductions. Always ask for the referral. But uh, if we come over to our guests, so we're going to start off with Elric. Elric, could you introduce yourself? Like, who are you? Where are you based in the world? And what's your role at Chili Piper? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm Eric, and right now I'm based in Paris. I lived in um, abroad for more than eight years. I, I lived in six years in Mexico, and then a year ago, I made the decision to uh, come back to France. And uh, right uh, currently, I'm uh, the enterprise SDR manager at Chili Paper, and just got promoted uh, two months ago in this new. Year. Congratulations and bon très bien. Thank you Thanks. so much for joining Elric. Uh, coming over to Matt, who are you? Where are you based in the world? And what's your role at Chili Piper? Yeah, um, Matt Sutton. I am a mid-market SDR, sales development rep at Chili Piper, and I'm based out of South Florida in the United States. Howdy, and thank you so much for joining us. It's quite cool. We've got different reps from different countries, different time zones, all joining us today. And Alistair, could you please introduce yourself? Who are you? Where are you based in the world? And what's your role at Chili Piper, sir? Yeah, my name's Alistair. I'm um, I'm actually on our enterprise SDR team, so I work under Elric. So I moved over to that team six months ago from our mid-market team. Um, I've been at Chili Piper for like just over a year now, so a year and two months, I think it is, so... I've kind of done a 50-50 split of both mid-market and enterprise at this point. I think, thank you so much. And somebody who's working under Elric, so we're going to be able to find out what does it mean to work for Elric as a manager. Mm, juicy. Uh, but Elric, uh, outside of sales, what sort of hobbies or interests or what do things you get up to outside of work? Uh, maybe it's related to sales, but yeah, I have um, also um, on top of my job at Chili Piper, I have like um, a newsletter for SDRs uh, that I've started two months ago. Love it. And for the listeners and watchers, again, if you want to check the show notes at the bottom of the podcast and this YouTube episode, we'll be putting posts oh. to all of our guest LinkedIn profiles. And if you want to get down with Elric's newsletter as well, feel free to click and subscribe. But thank you, Elric. Matt, what do you like to get up to outside of sales? What floats your boat, sir? So for me, I'm big on playing basketball, surfing, anything outdoors. And then uh, I also collect vinyl and shoes. So I guess you could say I like to spend money. (laughs) (laughs) And when you say vinyls, are we talking about like the the record vinyls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what type of vinyls do you collect, sir? I'm all over the place. Uh, I think mostly would be jazz records and then directly followed by hip hop and alternative. I like yeah, them yeah. apples. So maybe if we could mix some Thelonious Monk and some Method Man, we could definitely have a jam, my dude. Love yes, it. Yes. <laughs> and Alistair, about yourself, what do you like to get out, up to outside of sales? So I've always been pretty big on sports, play rugby, um, also like rowing and sailing. Also collect vinyls myself. I DJ a little bit in my spare time. Ooh. So um, two, two uh, record collectors in, in the podcast. In the well. building, yeah. I love that. And what sort of music do you get? Uh, do you like listening to Alistair? Mainly like house music and techno, stuff like that, along like the electronic kind of dance music, kind of 
stuff. Ooh. Well, you never know. If we ever do meet up in the future, gents, maybe we could throw a rave and I could spit some bars. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we could get down to this. I we can make it happen. Yeah, definitely. All right. So in true SDR Disco Call fashion, what we like to do if you're watching this on our YouTube channel is visit each of our guests' LinkedIn profiles. And from here, we're going to start off with a person that we just had on a second ago with Alistair. So Alistair, looking at your LinkedIn profile, uh, as you put down, you're, you're making, making meetings happen, SDR at Chili Piper and Quinn's fan. And have a looking uh, at your background. Uh, you've been a sales manager, you've been an account job, account manager at Total Jobs. You've worked as an SDR at Trip Actions. I know those guys, shouts out to them. Uh, Enterprise Sales Development at Sphera. And as you mentioned, you've been at Chili Piper for a year and a half as an SDR, now working in Enterprise Sales Development. So Alistair, cool. coming to yourself, like, could you walk us through your journey of like, how did you get into sales and like, how did you end up at Chili Piper? Yeah, so I started as an SDR at Trip Actions. I had a friend that worked there. I was trying to get into the SaaS space. So I kind of got in there and wanted to start from the ground up and kind of learn what it was like to work for a SaaS company and learn how to sell it, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm. was planning on being there for a long time, transitioning to an account executive role. It was like the natural kind of progression. But then COVID hit um, and Trip Actions let go of like 450, 500 people. Wow. Um, so that was like a big switch up like overnight. Uh, that was pretty brutal, but um, it, it, you know, it, is, it is what it is in a lot of ways. And that was how I ended up being at Sphera. Um, and I stayed at Sphera for like a year. It was a big, big switch up for me though. The, the, um, the product was very complicated. It was super complex. We sold into large enterprises. It was like an integrated risk management solution. And it was very long sales cycles, very hard to outbound. And the company was also super old. It was like a 30 year old company that had been acquired and then acquired again. And they had an SDR motion there, but it, it was very kind of slow paced compared to what I was used to. So mm. I was there for a year. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as being at trip actions and being in that fast paced environment with kind of like everything's changing every day and every week rather than like every, every couple of months. So I, I kind of yeah. always wanted to go back to that. Um, yeah. and I had a friend working in customer success at Chili Piper, uh -huh. um, who kind of told me all about it. I had actually used Chili Piper before at trip actions. Um, so I was familiar. Um, and he kind of brought me over, over to the, the Chili Piper team. Love it. Thank you so much. So a lot of transitions and there's a few things that I want to pick up on there as well, where, you know, you'd gone into this sales job, you're working at Trip Actions, and obviously there was an element where they had to let a lot of people go. And what I've noticed, Alistair, in the last few months, there's a lot of companies that are going through something quite similar at the moment. And I've seen a lot of, you know, peers, friends on my network looking for new roles. What advice would you give to somebody that has maybe gone through that experience? So then, you know, because it could be, you know, it hurts a little bit and then you're worried about job insecurity and then trying to find your next gig. What advice would you give them? I think, I think it's just everything happens for a reason, you know, like you, you have to treat it as like, a, it's not the end of the world. It's just a job kind of situation and it's maybe meant to happen and you're going to find something better like down the road. Because for me, it took me, a, you know, a year to then find that next thing. But like now... I'm more like I'm happier and feel more content with my job than I've ever been. So mm. I think if I had actually stayed at Trip Actions, then I wouldn't have that now. So I think you just have to spin it into a positive, even though it feels like pretty terrible. Um, you just have to pick yourself up and just get back on it straight away. I think I literally was out of work for like two weeks because mm. um, I was straight back on the job hunt, speaking to recruiters, just finding something that was going to kind of get me going again, which I'm always grateful to for that being Sphera. Um, because that kind of picked me back up again. But I think you just have to carry on full steam ahead and just and just go for it and just not not fully disregard it because it does suck, obviously. Yeah. But you just yeah. have to keep going, basically. Yeah. No, well, well, well done for getting you through and those some solid bits of advice. Like you said, it's not the end of the world. See, this is perhaps an opportunity, and you know, to find something new. Make sure your network, talk to recruiters. And to your point, you've got to keep on it and be consistent with it in order to, you know, benefit from that as well. And like you said, everything happens for a reason. For every time a door closes, another five or six doors open up. So really happy for 100%. you there. And then when you said you was working um, at Sphera in a completely different organization to say Trip Actions, where it wasn't as the pace that you was experienced to at Trip Actions, you'd been there for quite a while, you wasn't getting as much job satisfaction. And I probably think there's a lot of listeners or watchers that may be in that similar position. I know I've been there as well. Uh, 
Um, what advice would you give to somebody that's kind of, you know, thinking about, is this the right job for me or is this the right places? What things should they start to consider? I think a lot of the times it's like, do you enjoy the, not enjoy the job or do you not enjoy the company and the people you're working with? Because the job, like not enjoying the job is one thing, but then not enjoying the company is something completely different. And if you can kind of separate those two and figure out which is actually the trigger for your unhappiness, like that's actually the key to understanding where you're at. Um, and if you can understand that, then that helps you make, make your decision um, as to like where you want to go. And it's also, it's also about understanding your pathway. Like, where do you want to go? Like, is there that opportunity for you to get to that next, that next job in the current company? Will that make your life better and your mindset better? Like, is that going to have an impact? If, if yes, then you might want to stay. If no, then maybe you need to look for something different. Like that's the, the kind of like analysis you need to make in your head. Definitely. Thank you so much, Alistair. And also the cool bit is where you said, you know, before going into Chili Park, but you had a friend who worked in customer success. You yourself actually used Chili Piper as a tool, um, you know, to help you get into that next sort of job. If you can, just for the listeners and watchers who aren't, are aware of Chili Piper, what does Chili Piper do? And how did that help you figure out if you wanted to join that company? So, yeah, we're, we're basically like the most advanced qualifying, routing, and booking software for B2B revenue teams. So we help revenue teams connect with their prospects um, and get and get in front of their basically their highest intent buyers. So like for me as a salesperson, having used it before and knowing like the power of the tool, it was like a no-brainer because I was thinking I could sell this, I can get behind this, I've used it, I know the value, I know it's good. It, that made me believe in it. And I think part of selling is you need to believe in what you are selling. Um, and if you can say that, then that's a great thing, which is what kind of pulled me towards Chili Piper because I saw the problem that it solved. Mm. I saw how it helped revenue teams. It's a job that I've done. I know it very well and I can speak to these people about, you know, the stuff that they're interested in. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. I love that. And hopefully Elric, that's made your SDR manager heart warm and glow and think, yeah, well done, Alistair. I absolutely love that. All right. So if we come on, so Alistair, again, thank you for the insights and introduction. And we're going to come over to our next guest, which is Matt Sutton. So Matt, checking out your LinkedIn profile, I'm quite curious about your tagline here where it says you're too prideful to ask how to properly announce Giros or Giro or Gyro. Which one is it? So apparently it's Yiro. Yiro. And I had been pronouncing it gyro for a long time until a very nice lady at my favorite Greek restaurant. She just like put her hand on my shoulder and it was just like, honey, that's not how you say it. <laughs> and she explained it to me. So I thought that was pretty funny. That's pretty awesome, my dude. Um, so looking at your LinkedIn profile, uh, we can see that you've been a general manager at Planet Juice, you've been a BDR at Motion Point. And for the past six months, you've been an SDR at Chili Piper. So could you tell our listeners and watchers, like, how did you get into sales? And what was the story of you coming on board with Chili Piper? Yeah, so I, about 10 years ago, moved to Florida and uh, started working at a smoothie and juice bar, put myself through college or university. And um, I put myself through school, worked there forever, uh, managed there. And I actually went to a job fair at um, the college I was going to. Mm. And uh, I recognized a gentleman who came to my international business class and was talking about this global company he worked for. They were looking for SDRs. I had no idea what any of that meant. Mm. It was a website translation company based out of uh, Coconut Creek, which is just south of where I live. And um, I saw him at the job fair and we started chatting and uh um, he was like, you should apply for this internship. And I applied for the internship. It was a pretty extensive interview process. Um, but luckily, I, uh, I got that internship. And then about a month, month and a half later, COVID hit. And uh, they decided to keep me on um, working nice. from home. And uh, a couple months later, they wanted me to turn from intern into SDR. So uh, I moved into the SDR role. And uh, a couple months later, you know, due to everything that was going on, I was all alone. I ended up being the only SDR there. Mm. Um, there was no no manager, no nothing. So it was kind of that feeling of like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and yeah. uh, 
you know, and I did that for, uh, for some time. And then I actually had been following Chili Piper for a long time through mostly through Ashley's acts. Shout out to Ashley. Um, and I was always seeing her stuff on LinkedIn and um, how much she talked about the culture and Chili Piper and everything like that. And I actually reached out to Alistair and uh, mm. just kind of ask him some questions. And uh, he was extremely open and honest and was just took so much time out of his day to just answer all of my little questions. And uh, I interviewed and ended up starting here back in February. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful ride so far. Thank you so much. And that's a great story and getting some help from Alistair as well to get you into this great gig at Chili Piper. So some bits that I want to pick up on there, um, you know, like where you was working at Planet Juice, putting yourself through college and everything, then going to like um, a job fair and meeting this gentleman, you know, telling you you should go into an internship and talking about SAS, SDRs and stuff like that. And when you kind of said none of this stuff made sense to you and I've kind of been there as well. How did you, what was that journey like of trying to educate yourself and figure out if this is a place that you could go to? So honestly, I took a good amount of time doing a lot of research. My dad had been in sales my whole life. And like, I knew that that was kind of the route I wanted to take. And uh, having that chat with, uh, with Nick, um, who was the, the recruiter at the time, um, having that chat with him and just kind of getting a better understanding of what that internship would look like, what the company looks like, and then getting in there and kind of understanding the, uh, the SAS world of that work-life balance, you mm. know, possibility of working from home, like very progressive, um, you know, a lot more about the person necessarily than the number not saying the number isn't important but like that's where i kind of got the first idea of you know like being valued as a human being in mm. a sales role and that was kind of the big thing for me and then when i came to chili piper it just kind of expounded upon that and it became like okay they they care a lot more about me than my number yeah. you know um so that's kind of when i realized that like i this is the tech side, the SaaS world mm. is what I enjoy. Uh, so that's kind of when everything changed for me is just the experience. Honestly, I could do all the research I wanted to, but I needed to have that experience and that hands-on uh, approach to kind of get the best idea. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And also like, like where you were saying that, you know, you was going for this internship and then the kind of pandemic hit and I've met a lot of people that want to break into tech or get into sales. And some may apply for the SDR position straight off the bat, or they may follow the internship first. And I've kind of asked people why they do that. And some people say, well, I just want to get a taste of what it's like being in the working world, or it's going to help alongside a thesis. Or, you know, I just want to have a taste of that company and see if this thing's for me or, you know, which other way that I want to go. Matt, there could be a lot of people listening into this that have a similar idea. What did it mean for you to have an internship? What did it entail and what insight did it give you? So for me, the best part about the internship was it was more than just one role in the sense of I got to get a lot of knowledge from every different part of the company mm. um, because essentially what it entailed was learning every aspect of the company, whether it be the customer success, the development side, the sales side, the marketing side, and getting a taste a little bit of everything. Um, because it wasn't like a defined internship. It was very much so like open-ended of like, we want you to learn. We want you to, you know, engage as much as you can and get as much information as you possibly can from mm -hmm. this internship. And then, it kind of turned into the sales role because that's honestly the the route I wanted to take. But the internship was an amazing opportunity uh, just to get my foot in the door, honestly. You know, because sometimes that's the hardest part. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I think you did something pretty cool, um, as you alluded to in your story, getting to Chili Piper, is you were doing research. So again, research is a key part of being a great SDR, right? but you're checking out the, the company, seeing what the culture is all about. You're reaching out to Alistair to ask him honest questions and getting that feedback sort of stuff. 
And this is something I highly recommend a lot of people doing when applying for any sort of role, you know, go out on LinkedIn, check the people there, reach out to them. And me being a former hiring manager, um, I've had my reps come up to me and say, hey, Neil, such and such candidate is applying for this role. They're asking me a couple of questions. Is it okay to connect with them? I'm like, hell yeah, go for it. You know, because when you're having an interview, you may have 30 to 45 minutes. You only may have a bunch of bank of questions you want to ask that person that's hiring you or potentially hiring you. What advice would you give to the listeners and watchers like when applying for a company to do this sort of research? How did you approach going after Alistair? So honestly, I was blessed in the sense I was still employed and I had LinkedIn Sales Navigator and I was able to go through Chili Piper and kind of look at uh, different SDRs that were at the company. And I kind of went through their LinkedIn. And honestly, I just shot them an honest connect. And like throughout Mm. the interview process, I was just unapologetically myself. Um, and that's how I was when I reached out to Alistair, just like, Hey, you know, like I get it. You're busy. If you have a little bit of time and he was immediately like, yeah, of course, like what questions do you have? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it was, there was no hesitancy. There was just like, what can I do to help you get into this role? You know? And we kind of built a relationship on that and, you know, it was just honestly, just being honest and open of like, Hey, this is why I'm reaching out. This is what I'm hoping to accomplish. Like, is there any way that you could help me? And, you know. I love that. And when you guys connected, Alistair and Matt, was this done via just like chatting on LinkedIn in mail or did you connect online to have a chat with each other? It was all through LinkedIn. All through LinkedIn. Did we hop on a Zoom at some point? I can't remember. I think we did like a real short Zoom. Yeah. Hopefully you did use Canly to book that meeting in. Fingers crossed. There's a quick plug. (laughs) 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 All right. So coming to our piece de resistance, we've got Elric. So Elric, if we just quickly come over to your LinkedIn profile, Uh, you've had quite a colorful career and you're doing a lot. You've done a lot. Uh, But as we can see, um, you've had the opportunities working at uh, TalkPush. You've been an associate at Pavilion, founding member at SDR Tribes. I want to know more about that as well. Co-founder at the SDR Game. Uh, and you've had an extensive career at Chili Pipe where you've been quite a few positions, including team lead, SDR manager, enterprise SDR manager at Chili Piper. But Elric, how did you get into sales and how did you become part of all these cool things in the SDR world? Yeah, so I think it's pretty similar to Alistair. I've, well, pretty similar. I've, I fell into sales, uh, to like Alistair. Uh, after getting my degree, I didn't know what to do basically, but I was, um, I knew, uh, I was, I was living in France and knew I wanted to come back to Mexico. So I booked a flight to Mexico City and, um, arrived here, if I right in Mexico City, I was looking for a job. Uh, so I wanted to work in marketing and find a job. Um, it was a Mexican SMB selling to a large enterprise uh, in Mexico. Mm. So I've started to do marketing for a year and a half, something like that. Uh, but I would say at the beginning, I didn't, know, I didn't know what I was doing. And at some point I realized that the, the owner of the company wanted to basically having me generating leads for the sales team. And uh, I don't I don't remember exactly how I found the predictable revenue book, but I um, read the book and I say, yeah, maybe that's prospecting and I need to do instead of doing marketing and didn't get any results because I was trying to apply what I've learned at school in my mm. job. And uh, what you learn at school, uh, it's you have a 1 million, 10 million budget to do your thing. And then you arrive to assembly and say, hey, you have no budget to do your stuff. So I was really like, I didn't know, I didn't get what's basically in this first job. And mm-hmm. then what I did is uh, I read this book, start applying um, what they, uh, Aaron Ross is mentioning, what he did with Salesforce um, uh, to grow the, the uh, Salesforce to 100 million yeah. And uh, he started working and I say, wow, okay. So I start booking meetings with no sales experience, uh, just by sending emails to C-level executive at large uh, enterprise company in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's what I did. It was back in 2017, I would say. Yeah. Um, and then uh, moved to uh, different companies, had uh, more or less good experiences, and then uh, arrived at TalkPush, uh, been there uh, f- as an SDR for three, four months, then get promoted to SDR manager. 
and uh, COVID happened. Um, the company uh, was not um, VC funded, so we knew that the money at the company was uh, through customers. We lost three big customers, and so we knew a lot of was coming. And so uh, I found Chili Piper because, like uh, Matt uh, did, I was. I did, my dad was in sales too, but uh, didn't like. Um, I didn't know what to do when you're mm. such a job uh, doing a research, uh, doing your research and everything. But with my experience uh, before Chili Pepper, I learned to do that. And uh, um, Chili Pepper was on my list, the the what the company where I wanted to work for, and then applied, and then did the same as Matt. Uh, reached out to a few SDRs at Chili Pepper. And uh, Matt also was uh, the former SDR manager, and ah. the rest, uh, um, and that's how I got into cheaper. Thank you so much, Henry. That's a super cool story. And some points that I wanted to pick up on as well, because <laughs> I read on your LinkedIn profile, like where you had your degree within marketing, um, and you're somebody that's come from that marketing world and then gone into sales. Now, a few of my guests have either been, you know, going on a marketing journey, then they found out that they they really like sales and they've gotten into it because it's a completely different way that they envisioned as to what sales was like before they went into that role. Then they've gone into it and they loved it. Or I've had some people that have gone into sales, realized it might not be for them. They like it, but they love the story or the customer journey more so. For you, what was that turning point of thinking of a marketing mind and then going into a sales mind? How did that happen? I would say it's marketing. I think it's hard to see the results uh, of your actions uh, right away. And in sales, it's, you can see that right away. Uh, and that's the way I see it in, in my, my first, the first company I used to work for. Mm. And um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've seen. And why I made also the transition, uh, because I, I saw I could get 15 meetings in a month with no sales experience. So I said, hmm, maybe I should uh, move this way. Indeed, I love that. Um, and also another interesting career piece is where, you know, you've been promoted at SDR Manager and congratulations to that as well. Um, if we come back to Alice's point, you know, typically some people come into the SDR gig and they're aiming to go into the AE role. And a few years ago, I was on that sort of path and I said, all I want to do is just be the AE and close some deals, you know, make some commission. And then my VP of operations said, hey, have you ever thought about management? And I was like, hell no, I'm not going to put my neck on the line for other people. Uh, that's pretty scary. Uh, but you have taken that path. And, you know, it's not the easiest of paths. I've been there. Like, what is it about the SDR manager role that has appealed to you? And what, what qualities would you say are important if anybody's thinking about going down that path? I think there is two reasons. Uh, the first one uh, is because in my first second job, I didn't get like a manager or someone to help me uh, grow in my job. So I think it was really me uh, on my own, reading stuff, listening to podcasts, and just trying to apply what I was learning through this. And I was expecting so much from my manager and uh, in those two, from my managers in those two jobs. Didn't get any results with that. So I mm. said management could be an option because of that, because if I know in... In companies in general, you can, like what Alistair was saying earlier, uh, you can be working in the company, um, you can enjoy the company or not, but also I think there is another layer on that. It's also the manager you're working with. Mm. And uh, if you have like a manager who want to invest in you, uh, seeing potential in you, I want to coach you and train you, uh, this manager is going to, to do it. And uh, that's the first reason why I want to do that because I had two bad managers in my yeah, first job. So I want to to yeah to avoid that for for SDRs and the saying that I'm a good manager I'm just saying that <laughs> learning the job obviously but I want to be like this manager uh, in my first world the manager I didn't get so mm. um and then I think the second reason so it's because I think SDRs it's still new uh, if you compare to uh, full for A's full cycle A's and I think it's a new uh, I think we have SDRs for the past 15, 20 years, something like that, but I think mm. it's still new. We still don't see um, the full potential of SDR. They want to help um, change that. absolutely love that. And that is an amicable cause. So somebody who's experienced not the greatest side of management, you know, you wanted to be that change and understanding that, you know, the SDR role has been around a while. It's had a different couple of names, but wanting to make sure that it's, you know, 
a career which is respected and you're helping those pe- new people come on board and you know being that guiding yeah. light I think that's 100% commendable to you sir and if we come back to Alistair so I remember just before we began the show you were talking about like being in this new region being the only SDR in EMEA and luckily you have a great manager on board and I'd love to know how that works but like what things were you facing as like that remote SDR for Europe so so when I started it was myself and there was one other guy on the team Roman shout out to Roman um, and I, I was basically uh, glued to him for the first like month and a half, just probably asking him about fifty thousand questions every single day. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was daunting. Like I had come from a company. I mean, I had the benefit that I'd used Piper before. I kind of got it, like in terms of the value prop and stuff like that. Like it made sense. It was just like getting our internal processes down to a T. Like there was no no one to be like, this is how we do that. This, it was kind of like a figuring it out kind of moment of like, okay, we do that. There was a lot of stuff in place. Like there was some great onboarding. There was great like coaching from a couple of people that were here at the time. But like I was in EMEA, they were in America on the West Coast. So mm. like there was an eight hour time difference. So like my questions in the morning were kind of like all at Raman or like kind of like had to figure it out myself. So it was more like, Help was there if you went and seeked it, but you had to be prepared to seek it and identify what you actually needed help with. So mm. it was like a case of like really understanding where you were going wrong and what you needed help with and, and then kind of like going after that help and, and asking for it. I love that. And yeah, 100% like um, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. And I can understand with a lot of SDRs, when it's their first couple of months in, they don't want to seem like that annoying person that's asking a lot of questions. But I think, and Elric, you might agree with this, somebody who's asking me a million questions shows they're genuinely interested in this stuff and they yeah. want to learn about it. And to your point, Alistair, being proactive and going asking for that help, like I think there's that saying, like, if you see the ship out in sea, like, don't wait for it to come and dock and, like, come into harbour to you. Go out and swim to it and go ask for that help. So I think that's mighty important. But well done for persevering. You're still here, dude, so well done. And for Matt, like, uh, I remember you saying, like, you know, after this pandemic, like, you're working as this remote SDR, you're based out in the US. And what was it like for you for the first couple of months and, like, building out that process for you? So it was tough. Um, You know, at the time, I had an SDR manager and there was another SDR on the team and then one that was kind of transitioning more towards the AM role Mm. Um, at that time. and then when they left, it was just kind of left out on an island. So that, like Alistair was talking about, like at that point, I didn't know, I couldn't identify the help I needed and I didn't know where to ask it, mm. you know, because <laughs> I was just in a weird position. And then when I transitioned over to Chili Piper, the help's always there, right? And like, I still catch myself being like, how do I ask for this? Like, I, I'm not sure what I need to ask. I'm not sure what I need to like break down and, and reach out about, you know, but, um, it's the, it's the same type of deal just at any point in time, 24 seven. Like if, if I seek the help, I'm going to get, I'm going to get the answers. Um, it's just about seeking it, you know, Hundred percent. I love that. Thank you, Matt. And Rory, Rory come. Yes. I'm sorry. Before you move to another question, I wanted yes. to just mention something because we are talking a lot about uh, helping here. And um, I, I don't know for you, Alistair and Matt, if it was the same situation. But in in my previous companies, for example, I used to work at companies with values, and companies they have values on their website, and generally the value on the website. It, the culture of the company is way different than the values. And here that's actually paper help is one of the value of Chili Pepper. And just be with what Matt and Esther was mentioning about getting help from Alistair, Matt getting help from Alistair or Matt now asking for help and everything around that, it, it shows that a real value that you can see it since day one uh, here at Chili Pepper. I love it. So that's part of the the company values to ensure that you're yep. helping each other out, making yeah. sure. I absolutely freaking love that. And Elri, coming to somebody in the management position, there's two kind of avenues that I want to go down. The first one is working with different reps who have different needs, different wants, different skill sets. How do you attune into how to help that person as a manager? That's question number one. I'll come on to question two in a moment. Okay, say that again. 
So as an SDR manager, when you've got different personas and different teammates working, you know, different regions and territories, how do you as a manager identify to help them on their strengths and weaknesses and attune that help to specifically help that person? Okay. Uh, right now, I really want to, for example, if I have someone good on the phone, I'm going to help this person to push more on the phone. And if I have someone who is really uh, more better at emails, I'm going to focus on that. Right now, that's really what I'm focusing on. Mm. Obviously, if you think about everything the person can develop, obviously we can develop everything, but I prefer to double down on, on the uh, strengths of um, the, the person instead of focusing on if the person is really struggling on the phone, I'm going to be going to take take us um, a lot of months to to achieve that. So really trying to understand where they're really comfortable right now and double down on that. I love that. So, you know, you're playing to their strengths. So if they're a good caller, if they're a good emailer, if they're a person great at discovery yep. calls, you double down on those efforts. I freaking love that as well. And I think sometimes helping the SDRs understand what their strengths are because you're doing a multifaceted approach. You're trying to, you know, book meetings in so many different ways and have so many different conversations. I think, uh, and I, I mentioned this on a, on a show once where I had a problem as an SDR manager when I'd be speaking to say like a Matt or an Alistair and I'd say, so where do you need help? And some of my reps are like, I don't know. Like, you know, like I think everything's going fine. I'm doing it. I don't really know what to ask of you. And I really want to help people. That's, you know, that's what I live for. So a cool thing that I learned from a previous guest, um, I think it was Charlotte, who works at Reward Gateway. Charlotte said, in your one-to-one -one sheet, list all the things that you're doing. And then within all those things, if it's phoning, emailing, LinkedIn, in-mail, conversations, etc., cross off what you think you're good at and then leave behind where you think you should improve. And then by having that topic, that's what we could focus on in the one-to-one -one and we can discuss. So again, if any other SDR managers or SDRs are thinking, how can I get the best out of my manager? Write a list of your wants or where you want to improve and definitely help out. So Elrique, thank you for answering that one. The second question is, because this is important as well, is how does an SDR manager ask for help? Because I've been in that position, you're doing a lot of roles, you're helping a lot of reps, you know, um, your time is valuable as well. And I remember sometimes my reps would say, Neil, looking at your calendar, it's freaking crazy, dude. How the hell do you do that? And how do you keep up? And like, time management is number one. And secondly, I want to help people. But we as managers as well need to get help. And how do you ask for help, Elric, or any advice for any other SDR managers out there? Um, I would say there is three ways. And um, one, I'm trying to a lot to work with the team as on that first. Uh, that's something I'm still struggling with. It's uh, the world is delegating basically, but it's, uh, for example, with Alistair right now, we're working a lot on this because uh, he was on the enterprise team before I joined the team. And uh, he was already doing a lot of uh, things for the enterprise team, trying to build some processes. And right now, uh, with Alistair, we're working on the um, uh, training program for the enterprise SDR team. And so that's the first thing. Uh, then, for example, when I'm working on stuff that I don't know, I don't have the answers, um, trying to, to use uh, internal resources. So we'll talk uh, with Liv, which is our, our boss. Basically, she's managing the whole SDR org. But also with Tom, who is the VP of sales. Um, then I'm going to also to look for external resources. So I'm part of uh, Pavilion, like we, we've seen earlier. And uh, Pavilion is a really great uh, resource for me because it's like a 6,000 members community right now. But inside this community, you have sub communities and you have one for SDR leaders. Mm. And uh, every time that I don't know something, I'm going to this uh, community and uh, asking for questions. But then also I have also other, um, other SDR leaders at other companies, uh, generally more advanced than Chili Pepper. So generally they have uh, had the similar challenges in the past and so they can help me uh, serving those, I would say, situations. I love that. So always see seeking, you know, information, going to different resources. And again, guys and girls watching this show, I'm going to be putting links to everything that Elric and the team are mentioning here. So if you want to go visit that and get help, please do so as well. So the other piece of this show, um, which is kind of like a wild card, and the reason why I wanted to bring you three gents on today was the idea of dynamic duos, or in this instance, a dynamic trio. We've got a hat trick in, right? Of, you know, what makes these teams work well together? What helps them gel? What makes a team really productive? 
because I've worked in some companies where unfortunately teams are either siloed because they're on an island on the other side of the pond, or you know, there could be hierarchical differences and changes between SDRs and VPs of sales. Like in your own opinion, so I'm going to come over to you, Alistair, if that's cool. Like what makes like the good dynamics of a good, well-oiled team and what's really important to you? I think, I think the biggest thing is just collaboration and openness. Like you have to be working with like other teams within the business to help you achieve your goals. Like, especially in our, in our enterprise segment, we're actively like working with our field marketing team who are doing in-person dinners. We're actively working with the marketing team to help us exercise like a, an ABM strategy on some of our top 10 accounts. Mm. Um, there's a lot of like stakeholders that we're bringing in, like partnerships, for example, Carl's introduced us to you and we're doing stuff like this to like get in front of our prospects on our accounts. Um, so it's, it's having that communication between everyone so that we're all on the same page mm. um, that kind of helps everything kind of go forward because a marketing team strengths are different to ours and they can help us in areas where we're not so strong and vice versa. So it kind of just like takes a more holistic approach to what you're doing and brings like people with the right skill sets in at the right time. Um, so I think that's kind of key to like what we're doing here at Chili Piper for sure. Um, I love that. And also like the culture on the team as well. Like if everyone's on the same page and everyone like gets on with each other and they all want to work together and there's a bit of healthy competition to like everyone be the best, like yeah. that also creates like a, a culture of like high performance and people want to do as well as they can, which in turn like impacts the, the bottom line for the whole team. Superb. And I think, like you said, there's that uh, uh, really important point of healthy competition. And it's something I've either managed to or I've worked with teams where, you know, reps, we want to be on top of the board, right? We want to be hitting them targets, we want to be hitting their numbers. Um, and healthy competition I've seen is, uh, I'll give you one example. When I worked at Happio, I had a, a great FCR called Tom. And Tom was coming to me like he was still struggling a little bit. But every time Julia, one of our new reps, was booking her meeting, he was like giving her applause on Slack like really cheering it on when they went into the office. He's like, well done, dude, for booking that meeting. I wish I could do something like that. But what Tom was saying was that didn't dishearten him that he wasn't hitting his numbers. It was, it was inspiring him to go get it and go hit his numbers as well. So healthy competition doesn't mean I want to be better than the next person. I want to be on par with my peers and I want to be winning as a team. And I think that's really important. So, Alistair, thank Definitely. you very much. That's, that's one over thing to we're you, really Matt? good at, actually, Piper. Go for it. Please do. How, how do you guys that do it? Well, I'm just, I was just saying you were talking about people going, going off in Slack and stuff like that. As soon as someone books a meeting, it comes through in our meetings channel and everyone goes nuts. So it's, there's always like a big like team celebration between people booking meetings and stuff like that. I love it. Win together. All right. Um, so if we come over to Matt, in terms of like dynamic duos or dynamic teams, what do you think is important to make sure this well-oiled engine keeps running? Honestly, kind of to piggyback off of Alistair, I would say like transparency and humility, probably the two biggest things of just like understanding if somebody on the team or like for myself, not having the best month of just being able to put the ego and the outcome aside and being like, hey, this is where I'm at mentally. This is where I'm at uh, in my month. This is where I'm at, you know, inside and outside of work. Like, what can I do to improve? Um, and that's something that, you know, at least the team that I'm on and Chili Piper as a whole is really good about of just being honest with where I'm at and like separating myself from the outcome and kind of diving into the process. Um, because that's always what it comes down to, at least for me. Uh, it's always like take myself away from the meetings and stay with the consistency of the activity and the good follow up and, you know, what I've been taught in this job and asking for help where I'm not doing as well as I'd like to be. And it'll all come together if I separate myself from the outcome, because it's so easy for me to just be like, all I am is uh, a meeting booker. Mm. And that's not the, that's not the case. Like I'm a sales rep that uh, has a lot more to offer than that. So like, I think that transparency and that humility of like separating myself from the outcome and being okay with, asking for help from somebody like Elric or Alistair mm. um, is probably the most important thing for our team and myself as a whole. Eloquently put and 100% agree. And I really love that element where you said, 
letting go of the ego and outcome and you know that mindset of just being a meeting booker now anybody that knows me if anybody ever calls an SDR just a meeting booker I want them to have a word with me and I can have a strong <laughs> chat with them about that <clears throat> but you know I've had reps who I've managed where they're saying like Neil I'm trying to hit my target and you know XYZ is doing this and I'm trying to up my activity and I'm trying to book meetings and ultimately what I just say to them is like look trust the process you know as your manager I'm not going to say I'm going to be forgiving but you know I will help you, but you need to ask for that help or, you know, go sit with the other SDR that's on the team, ask them how they're doing it. And the other bit that I always remind them is don't try to be anybody else other than you. Like take the best bits of that SDR, so Alice's approach, Elric's approach, and then put it into yours and then test it, you know, see what happens. But you have to also keep yourself accountable to your point, being consistent. And as long as you keep following, you know, the process and trusting that process, the results will come. But ultimately you need to fall in love with that process put some actual intention into it. And this is something I learned from John Barrows and Morgan Ingram. It's the give a shit factor. You know, you really have to give a shit about what you're doing in order to enjoy it. And, you know, then it will happen. And I think with every new hire that I've ever had, like I have like a five-week onboarding plan to help them book their first meeting and get their first opportunity. And I'll always say to them, remember this day when you're really worried and you're really scared and you don't know how it's going to happen. And let's have this chat again at the end of the month. And we get to the end of the month and most likely they have booked it, 90% of them do. Uh, and they're like, yeah, I had a lot to worry about. And I said, the only thing you have to do in between now and the next few months is just keep consistent with it and trust that process because it will work out. So I love that, Matt. So Elric, for yourself, uh, working with a number of dynamic duos or trios or within the team, like what makes a really good, well-oiled engine to keep everybody working and productive from your point of view? I would say the same as Alistair and Matt mentioned, basically, uh, because I think it's all about collaboration with the rest of the teams. Uh, but now, also from my standpoint, also, it's also with the team, working with the team with that and how we can collaborate with the other teams. But then also same with uh, Olivia, for example, and Tom, uh, who are uh, both of us. And I would say the last thing also on top of that, it's being proactive with the other teams also. It's because obviously you can be proactive uh, between us, but I think with the rest of the team also, uh, Alistair was talking about in-person dinners that were currently um, programming and for programming, scheduling. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it we started like a few months ago. I was still um, learning to, to run them. Uh, but right now we are really proactive on this because we want to make them successful. So... Uh, for example, in the previous month, didn't work as expected from a set, for example. So now we are proactive mm. on this and we want to make sure it's successful. I love that. Thank you so much, sir. Being proactive with each other, not only understanding what's happening with our team, but what's happening with the other teams. And I think that's great. Just out of curiosity, as you have like a global sales development team, how do you guys and girls share best practices around the globe? Who would like to take that one? I don't mind. Jump in, Alistair. So we actually have a Slack channel called SDR DMs and anyone has any questions, if they have an objection, if they have like a call that they want someone to listen to, they just post it. And within like seconds, someone's helping them out or like giving them resources or, you know, giving them the information that they need. Um, and, and it's just open to anyone. So even if someone, you know, does something well or if, you know, they've had a rejection, they don't know how to handle like literally anything along those lines. Um, that's the kind of place that you go for help and feedback. I love that. So you have a dedicated Slack channel so that any SDR or any person can post a question and you just get the whole global team just chiming in on that and helping each other out. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Beautiful. We've even got account executives in there and stuff like that that used to be SDRs. So we get like the full cycle spin on it sometimes as well. Like we get help from everyone. I love that. And that is really powerful, especially like with remote teams or hybrid working teams and also having those account executives, because I think for them, they have the experience of either, like you said, going through that journey themselves, but they've either gone into full cycle cells where they see the other end of it and they can give points and tips. But it also allows the A's to know what kind of things are coming up in terms of objections or questions on the front line, because Matt and Alistair, you are on the front line every day speaking to these prospects you hear it first taste and then being able to drop into a Slack channel. I think that's super powerful and well done. And any other, anybody else that's listening in, set one up if you already haven't done so. Uh, and if you have any questions on how to set that up or how they do it, uh, feel free to reach out to Alice, Matt or Elric uh, via their LinkedIn profiles in the bottom of the show notes and comments. So gentlemen, as we're coming towards the end of the show, the thing that I love to ask our guests is what three bits of advice 
would you give to a younger version of yourself who's just about to embark on this sales development journey? Uh, I'm going to kick off with Matt. What three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? I guess the first one would probably have to be no matter what, you're going to be all right. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's been plenty of bad months. There's been plenty of great months. Like, but no matter what, like, <laughs> I'm going to be all right. Uh, I'm more, like Alistair said earlier, I'm more than just my job. Um, and then I guess the second one would be asking you shall receive. Like we've talked about so much on this podcast. Like if I need help in a certain area, if I need direction, if I need somebody to help me work an email, like ask. <laughs> and 99% uh, of the time, you know, at least in my experience, people will be like, yeah, here, maybe shorten this, maybe do this, maybe do that. Um, and I guess the last thing would be enjoy yourself. Cause like, it's so easy for me to turn a eight hour work day into a 14 hour work day. Cause mm. I feel like I have to hit that number. And if I'm not taking that time for myself, if I'm not going out playing basketball, if I'm not going out in the ocean, if I'm not listening to music, if I'm not doing these small things, then all of a sudden that number becomes completely non-existent and impossible because I'm so unproductive, even though I'm at my computer for 14 hours a day. So I think just enjoying that myself is probably the one thing I need to consistently remind myself. I love that, Matt. That's kind of like the holy cells commandments that you've just delivered, right? I freaking <laughs> love that, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, Elric, what three bits of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself about somebody who's about to embark on this journey? Okay, tip number one, study your prospect and customers. Uh, I think that's something, as an SDR generally, uh, that's not something we do. We love to learn about the process, to learn about cold calling, cold emailing, but we are not spending time to learn about customers. And uh, so how you can do that, it's if you have a company recording calls with customers, listen to those calls, but also try to... Uh, Listen to the same podcast they are currently listening, uh, same blogs they are reading, same newsletter. So because you are going to learn more about uh, them and understanding their challenges and the, the stuff that just learning about cold calling or, or, or cold emailing, for example. Uh, that's tip number one. Mm -hmm. uh, tip number two, uh, for I think that's really important. It's spending time with top performers at your company. And what I mean by that is shadow them. Ask them a lot of questions. And like you were mentioning, Neil, earlier, it's, uh, you can learn something from Matt, you can learn something from Alistair, you can learn something mm. from, from me, and then make your own, your own process with that because uh, those people who are uh, performing right now, they, they know something uh, that you need to use in your, your own process. And it could be how they manage the time, how they, the message are sending to prospects on the phone uh, to, uh, via emails. That's tip number two. And then we say tip number three, it's um, focus on the process and not the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I learned through uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yep. And uh, it blew my mind because it's normally generally says, yeah, hey, focus on your numbers. Hey, you need to hit five uh, meetings of 10, depending on which team you are. But it's just, hey, do uh, fight. Yeah get your meetings and that's it. And if you focus on the process instead of the outcome, it's going to change a lot of things. But the process is finding a process that helps you get to your results, obviously. But uh, it's going to help you um, be happy with your process because as an SDR, it's, sometimes it's hard because you can spend, I don't know, for me, I think the most time I've, for three, four weeks, I didn't book a single meeting at Paper. Hmm. So obviously I felt really, really bad. But did I did the right things to get those meetings? I don't know. But the thing is, I, I need to focus. You need to focus on the, the your process and doing the right things to to achieve your results. I love that. Thank you so much. And Elric, as I'm always a big supporter for anybody that's doing stuff for the world of sales development, could you just give us a short pitch as to what is your SDR newsletter about and how do people get involved with that? Yeah, sure. So it's a newsletter around. Mindset, uh, self-development, but also career and prospecting because I think being in this year, it's not just prospecting. 
Uh, it's all of this. And so once a week, I share like, it's between three to five minutes to read the, the newsletter. And for example, yesterday, Sunday, it was a newsletter on financial prospecting. I love it. Uh, yeah. Love it. So again, listeners and watchers, um, if you'd like to get involved with Elric's newsletter, I'll be putting comment uh, links in the comment section. So please check it out and subscribe if it's for you. And coming to last but not least, Alistair, what three bits of advice would you give to a younger self who's about to embark on this journey of sales development or sales? I think the first point would be when you're starting a new company, it's quite a daunting thing. There's a lot to learn. You've got to learn the product. You've got to learn your ICP. You've got to learn like the processes and everything like that. So just save yourself half the learning and look at what is working. Like look at the top performers, look at like how they're getting their meetings, like the way they're working, shadow them, like Elric said earlier, and understand like what is expected from that process level and what they're kind of putting in in terms of activity and then that's your benchmark and you mm. don't really need to learn anything and and break the mold and that way you can just spend the majority of your time understanding the product understanding your icp and the personas that you're reaching out to and i think that makes a really like difficult challenge of learning loads of stuff a bit easier yeah. and gives you more time to focus on like prospecting and getting your first meeting in your first month and stuff like that so i'd say that's 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 point number one number two I think everyone has tough months and I think that's absolutely fine. Like you're going to have a month maybe where you, you drop off or you don't necessarily get to where you need to be and you just need to have that mindset of keep going. Um, you can't let it get in your head. You have to stay consistent, even if like what you're doing isn't yielding anything. And that's super important to like making sure that's just a one month thing and not like a two, three month thing. Cause if yep. you let it get into your head, even in your first month, if you don't book a meeting, you let it get into your head, it's going to affect you two, three, four months down the line because the stuff you do then is your pipeline later on. So never never let like a bad month get in your head. Um, that's, that's number two. And then number three is kind of like what Matt said is just always be yourself. If you're at a company where you can't be yourself, you're probably never going to be super successful because you can't be authentic with your prospects. Mm. Um, so that, that to me would be a red flag. Um, so I would say it's super important to just be yourself, be authentic, and yeah, just keep keep going with uh, with your true self. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So definitely, you know, a case of is your your mindset is key here, especially with the tough days. Um, make sure that you know you're constantly building yourself, and when you're like you say, joining a new company it can be very daunting. And the idea of breaking it down into manageable blocks and breaking it down makes a big problem seem not as big when you break it down into little bits as well. And ultimately, you know, making sure that you enjoy where you're working and the teams that you're working with. I can definitely feel the magic from Chili Piper by having you three gents on today. So thank you so much. And we'll quickly go around the room. Does anybody have any shout outs they'd like to give or kick off with Matt? Are there any shout outs you'd like to give on today's show? Outside of Ashley, shout out to uh, my manager, Eva Prendergrass. She's been big on uh, my uh, journey this last especially the last few months. Love it. And if we ever want to get Eva back on this show uh, as a future guest, you know where to send them. But thank you very much for that, Matt. Uh, Elric, are there any shout outs you'd like to give today? Yeah, uh, shout out to you for the inviting us today because um, it was a blast to talk with Matt and Esther and you uh, about Chili Pepper, SDRs in, in general. Uh, shout out to Matt and Alistair also because they did an awesome job. Um, so it was great. Shout out to Matt Roberts, so former uh, SDR manager at Chili Pepper, who, got, um, who, who rang me at Chili Pepper. And, uh, and I could do a shout out for a lot of people, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Eric. A lot of love there. And Alistair, are any shout outs from you today, sir? Yeah, I'll shout out um, Olivia Nielsen, who's our Senior Director of BizDev. She brought me over to the Enterprise team six, seven months ago now, so I was always grateful for that opportunity to like, move up into into that team. And to Elric as well for helping me along the way um, from being in the mid-market team under him. When we got him as a manager, it was a breath of fresh air because we kind of finally had some uh, process and some order like going on Ooh. in the team, so that was um, that was always a good move. 
Perfect. Thank you. Well, also, I want to give a shout out to Carl, uh, the Partnerships Manager at Chili Piper for facilitating this call and getting these lovely guests on. A big shout out to everybody that's listening and watching. And remember, if you're listening to this in your podcast platform, please give us a rating and share. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe and share and get this message out there. But Elric, Matt and Alistair from Chili Piper, thank you so much for being great guests on today's show. And I'm wishing you all a great week and happy selling. Thanks, Neil. Cheers, Neil. Thank you so much for listening to our show today. If you work in tech sales and have a career or story that you'd love to share, then please email us at podcast at happyselling.io and we'll be in contact to book in a show. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to sdrdiscocall, one word, at bcast, which is b-c-a-s-t dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.